2: Let's get to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. (laughs) On the BetQL Network.
3: Ayton switches on to Lillard. He likes that matchup. Dame rises up and punches it home. Here we go. Giannis off the elbow. Dame off the zoom action. Gotta look for the lead. And it comes off to the Blazers. Double team to the backcourt. They get the steal. Up to Giannis from Dame. Beasley out in front, working against Beasley. Simons steps through, floater, got it! Big time bucket by Anthony Simons. Doc Rivers calls timeout.
1: How'd that work out for you, Milwaukee? Eesh. Welcome into <laughs> BeckQL Daily, presented by BetMGM alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. I'm Chris Mack. Oh, that's nice. Dame went back to Portland, and he got to see all his old friends. Maybe he got coffee from his usual barista. Who knows? Uh, But a good day for Dame did not equal a good day for the Bucs as they lose in Portland. We'll get into that. One of the biggest comedians in the country was right here on our airwaves yesterday. We will let you hear part of that in just a couple moments as well. But thank you for joining us live coast to coast on the BetQL network and wherever you may be in the world. In your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it today. It's free. Take us with you and download the podcast segments in case you miss anything. Uh, some NFL news as well to get to in just a couple of moments. So be sure you're watching on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL or on YouTube. Um, <laughs> first though. Uh, our bets, our bets did not. Um, well, for me, it didn't go well. I'll just be honest. It, it, KD went for 33. Suns and Nets go way over that 233 and a half with like three and a half minutes left in the game. Thank you very much. Blue UCF against Baylor. Yep, Baylor handled uh, UCF. I did hit West Virginia against Cincy. Oh, well. And Aaron, you got your Sabonis double double. Um, without the Jokic triple-double, because he was uh, a a late scratch, I guess, a couple hours before game time. So there you go. You still got your Sabonis double-double.
4: I bet triple-double, too. Maybe I didn't say that on the show, but yeah, it was it was a good night because I got my money back from for the Jokic situation. So I was happy okay. uh, to wake up to that being a void because I was panicking last night that they hadn't voided it yet. And I'm like, am I going to have to call someone? But, you know, everyone knows when people mess with my money, I get upset. The car mats from the car wash. I don't let <laughs> things go.
0: <laughs> Some are very slow they're like trying to hold on to your your dollars as long as possible before <laughs> returning it to you like just just get it done like also some sports books during games when something flies over like all right let's go yeah. make your customers maybe. happy make and you know what yeah. chances are if you put it back in their account give them the win maybe they're going to put a live bet in so I, I don't understand some of these uh sports books that hold on like win totals when that's done pay them out middle of the season or not we know Where we're at right now, whether it's uh, over or under. Don't mess with her money.
1: Yeah, yeah. like it's Jimmy Stewart, and it's a wonderful life, and he's searching for cash in the drawer somehow to pay out of that. What are we doing? Um, Yeah. Good good point. Um, NFL news. uh, It's official. Uh, The Seahawks are going to hire Mike McDonald. Some uh, second-tier maneuvers, like Denard Wilson going to Tennessee to become the Titans D coordinator. Uh, He was the Ravens D-backs coach. Uh, Jeff Hafley leaves. Boston College, where he's a head coach to become the defensive coordinator in Green Bay. Um, so a couple interesting second-tier moves there. But the big one, the Seahawks going to hire Mike McDonald, Ravens defensive coordinator, to become the youngest head coach in the NFL, Joe. He's 36. He was just at Michigan as the, their D coordinator three years ago. He's tight with the Harbaugh's. Uh, ten years ago, just ten years ago, this guy was an intern in Baltimore, and now he's taking over a, a Seattle team. That, I mean, d- depending on how attached they are to Geno and what they want to do, they're sitting there in the middle, but it feels like a team that is right on the cusp of being a nine-win wildcard contender, uh, depending on how they, how they rearrange the deck chairs, I guess.
0: Yeah, um, you know, in, in total... He was with that Ravens organization for about a decade. You go before Michigan, after Michigan, Michigan winning organizations, winning colleges, too. Uh, He started off in Georgia after coaching a little bit of high school ball. So certainly uh, that pedigree there comes from a winning culture. And maybe it's a sign of a a turn in the league. As uh, we've talked about the unders hitting at such a high rate this year, that means what? I means strong defense. It means you can win with defense in this league. Kansas City's there, and everybody's talking about Patrick Mahomes. But the biggest reason they're there is because of their past defense this year and how they played in the postseason. So Pete Carroll's always going to be a tough follow-up. That You're in a tough spot. There's going to be a, a lot of pressure on you. But what do they need the most help with? That defense. They've got some good young pieces that can develop, but they need uh, more help on defense than anything. And Aaron, the big takeaway – uh, we said it the the Monday after the Cowboys season ended. Everybody's got Dan Quinn going to Seattle. I'm not hiring Dan Quinn. We, we saw how it ended before, and I know they got pretty far in Atlanta, but just on the biggest stages, the way his gr- supposed great defense performed, like, we're like, we didn't want anything to do with him, and neither did Seattle because that was this, the decision in the end. They went with uh, the young gun in McDonald instead of Quinn.
4: Yeah, it's interesting. Seattle goes from one of the oldest coaches, if not maybe Pete was Mm -hmm. the oldest, to now the youngest. But I love that Mike McDonald has been groomed and learned from a quality organization who, compared to other NFL teams, seems to get things right. And I love that. You know, he seemed to learn and, you know, was a sponge in that building. And I think he'll be successful you know grew up in seattle it's a great market i think it's an awesome opportunity for him in terms of dan quinn well i was listening to 1067 the fan this morning and it appears nobody really wants him here either calling him mediocre (sighs) the uh the poll to the people as they were taking calls was did the commanders botch the coaching search and you know one of the hosts of the junkies was like. We whiffed on all these guys, and then what? We're just going to settle on Eric the enemy, and I just couldn't stop laughing, guys. Like, I don't know how this ends. Are they calling Raple? Are they calling Belichick? Does he even want to come here? Maybe they're worried he wants too much control, but it, it's kind. I was worried that I'd have to stop, you know, making fun of the commanders, but nope, maybe I nope. can No, no, I
0: told continue. you. I told you, Eric, like, don't, don't backpedal on that. One, they're still the commanders. Two, Mm -hmm. just because you think something might work or you have a good hire. You know, look at this cycle. Every year, it's seven, eight teams. And guess what? A lot of the same teams are in that cycle every couple of years, Chris. And they seem like great ideas at the time. They end up being failures. I would agree with that comment that Dan Quinn, mediocre. Yes. I'd love him as my DC. Like, sign sign me up for that one in a minute. But he's one of those guys... When it comes to head coach level, like, I don't know Vic Fangio comes to mind as well. I don't want any part of that.
1: No, Uh, it it feels like it's going to be another, I don't want to say a punt on the year by the commanders, but that's what it's going (laughs) to be. It's going to be, Hey, okay. Yeah. It's nothing against Eric B enemy. Okay. Give him, he's, this guy's been sitting around waiting for a head coaching job for like a decade now. Right. And maybe there are a lot of reasons he hasn't gotten one and most of them are legitimate, but okay. that might be what you do, right? Like you might have to just roll in next year. Find Maybe it helps you find a little bit of consistency because this organization oh, is dying for some level of consistency and the enemy figure some things out. It's not the most exciting thing in a year when Belichick, Frabel and, and uh, you know, all these hot young coordinators, Johnson, McDonald are out there, but it might be, you know, what Washington needs, especially if they're going to draft a quarterback anyway. You know, if, if you're gonna draft a quarterback, you're not you're not gonna be in the playoffs next year anyway. So it's a trial, and, another trial and error <laughs> year in another DC, one, I guess. Yeah. It's I'm so another. glad I'm not a
2: <laughs> fan.
0: Yeah, me too. And you know, there's a lot of fans in the media lately. The <laughs> that would be so <laughs> embarrassing. That would be so embarrassing. There's it, always a little bit of that when you're the last one to get the last pick at the dance, you know and <laughs> they had the opportunity to fire Rivera everybody knew he was being fired at seasons end he's in your building you have all the information on them i thought all the signals were being sent we're not interested in bianemee we we know what enemy is he's a good coordinator we don't mind him as that but we're not interested in seeing what he can do if he were to take over this team half halfway through the year like Pierce in Vegas, who ended up landing the job because he ended up being so impressive. Mm -hmm. All the signs were they're not interested. And if they go crawling back to be enemy, which is exactly what this would be. What a joke. Have things really changed or are they just staying the same?
4: Oh, they would stay the same because if you're enemy, you're not stupid. I would be so bitter and just cannot wait to get out of there. You take your head coaching job and you make the most of it. But that's just so awkward going to work every day. That just starts. I mean, this with the new ownership, we were saying they got to get this right. They got to get the GM right, which it seems like they did. But. I can't believe Rivera's one of the first fired, and they still haven't filled the vacancy. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have a head coach. It's, uh just feels like more of the same here in Washington. What
0: would you guys do if, if you're them? What do you do at this point? I would, I, I would honestly. I'd roll the
4: dice with Belichick. I think you got to at least go for it. <laughs> Why not? not? I mean, the I'm record not, is not... there.
1: Mm -mm. I'm not counting on (laughs) Belichick to develop a young quarterback. I'm sorry. That's not happening. He's going to bring in his usual cast of stooges uh, when he's going to try and be (laughs) master manipulator and uh, micromanager. No, thanks. No, no. I I would honestly, just what I said, it may be a bad look that you didn't install him halfway through the year, like Joe said, but I'd say, I'd say, Hey, the enemy's our guy. Um, We want to find it. I would come up with a BS line about finding consistency, like I mentioned earlier and go out and find a young quarterback and hope that the enemy can help that guy develop. And if he doesn't, then next year, once again, we're ripping the bandaid off and starting over again, every year's starting fresh in Washington. Now
0: it's well, the new GM's I'm picking the quarterback anyways. So yeah, that would be an interesting dynamic. Like Belichick would walk in and be like, Oh, you're expecting me to start this guy every, and I have no say. Right. And what's going on? And I'm dropping down. I'm trying to help you guys out. I, I don't see that. I want um, the drama,
4: the f- though. <laughs>
0: see, okay, if I'm trying to win, and I don't want the commanders to win now. I've, I've seen enough. Um, if I'm trying to win, I go Vrabel. But, man, he had some bad quarterbacks in Tennessee, some bad young quarterbacks. And I know that wasn't just him. I didn't love the way he handled some of them. I mean, people are overrating how well Levis played this this past year, and they'll see that next year. Uh, but I still would go Vrabel. I think he would get things in line. He'd get that defense on the right path. Like that's the big yeah. thing. That that's it. It's just every week, betting, non betting, whatever. Oh, who's playing the Commanders? Three hundred plus passing yards. Lock yep, it in. What receivers are on the other side? Let's bet those alt numbers. It was every mm-hmm. single week. Like they've got, they've actually got to start there. In addition to getting the quarterback right at number two overall. All
1: right. So Bill Burr was on. Uh, send it in with with the Glass Man, PJ Glasser, yesterday. He was also on. You better, you bet with Nick and Ken. I can just imagine Costos and Burr going back and forth. And it ended up being like a 40-minute podcast. You can download it inside your Odyssey app. Um, but here he is making his pick. The guy, Bill Burr, with his buddy Paul Versey, talking to the glass man about his pick on Super Bowl 58
2: yesterday. This is a no-brainer. The San Francisco. Oh. First of all, one of the great times to bet is early because everybody bets on the Super Bowl. So you have a bunch of morons who don't know what they're doing. And they're like, Tom Brady's cute. And next thing you know... You know, like that year against the Giants, when we, we played them in December and the game was like 36-34 and a month later, for some reason, we're a 14-point favorite. That's because of all the morons going, I know who Don Brady is, who don't watch football. So right now, everybody's looking at San Francisco and their big comeback, and all these morons who don't know football are looking at them like they have, they're this, this talented juggernaut that's going to come down uh, on, on Kansas City, and they're not looking at the fact that they had two horrible playoff games. Where they had to come b- behind from two teams that they were way better than, on paper, all right. And um, I love Kansas City Chiefs getting points. It was and now it's only two. It was like three last I saw it. That's when you wanted you want to jump on it early when all these morons are like, "Dude, Vegas? Am I right?" And they they're gonna push the line. Um, <laughs> I don't care if this game was even like. What I'm feeling right now, the Kansas City Chiefs are just going to win. It's great for football is 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 if you own a team because everybody hates the Chiefs now. So as a Patriots fan, I have to love them because they used to, everybody used to hate us because we won all the time. And then they go, oh, the full refs and all of that stuff. No, the Chiefs are just better. Patrick Mahomes is just better. Look at Travis Kelsey. Everybody knows Bill he's Bird throwing to him and the freaking guy's Verzee. wide open.
1: He, Go get you. their podcast, Anything Better, Bill, with an expansive explanation for why he's all over the Chiefs. I don't disagree, but check out Anything Better, sponsored by our good friends at BetMGM, and get more of that, plus their conversations with the Glassman and Nick and Ken on You Better You Bet, also inside your Odyssey app. I mentioned the Bucks losing in Portland. We still got to talk about that briefly before we start to dive into... The Super Bowl 58 receiving props market. We did rushing props yesterday. We'll do passing tomorrow. Today we focus on those receiving props and we do it next alongside Joe and Aaron. Up Chris, this is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM.
2: We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM
3: on the BetQL Network. line and it's caught by kelsey for the touchdown with kyle hamilton all over the matchup you wanted to watch kelsey wins it
1: this is betql daily presented by betmgm from betql yeah what about some of those one-on-one matchups who do we like who do we not like in the receiving prop game Coming up next Sunday, Super Bowl 58. Man, it's 10 days away now, and we continue to dive into all the different prop markets on this game. Touchdown props an hour from now. A little uh, Super Bowl trend or truth in the final hour as well. I didn't even mentioned we got a couple of great guests today. Dave Sharpen from Vegas at the top of the third and final hour, 11 Eastern. Corey Parson, NFL Fantasy Exec, coming up at the top of the next hour, 10 Eastern. Uh, and we will dive into those receiving props in just a minute. But the Bucks guys, the the mill LOL walkie Bucs uh, lose in Portland. They go into Portland 10.5-point favorites. Uh, they get 25 <laughs> from Dame Lillard, and it's a big homecoming, and everybody has hugs and kisses for each other, and that's all well and good. But ultimately, the defense still fails them. Um, they give them 119 points to the Portland Trailblazers. They get burned by... Anthony Simons, um, Aaron, this is th- – this does not look – And look, it's just a couple games in. I'll, I'll give them time, but this doesn't immediately look like Doc is affecting any great amount of change so far.
4: This is the Glen Rivers experience that we warned everyone about. <laughs> this is it. Dame returns home, and don't let that 25 points fool you. I mean, three for 13 from three-point land – Brook Lopez had more three pointers than Dame last night. Nine for twenty-three, just shooting. I mean, he was bad, really bad. This is I'm off, like I'm done with the with the Bucks. Like I'm looking to fade them, and I love it. I love to see the misery that's happening with this Milwaukee team, Joe.
0: Yeah, a lot of people are out on them. Uh, since winning the first game that night against Cleveland, after firing Griffin, they've lost three of four. See, like, I think you can come up with excuses at times, but it's Portland. You're a double-digit favorite on the road. There's no excuse for that. When you have that amount of talent on that roster to give a 119 to that team, and that's the reason you made the change, right? All the issues with defense. Griff Griffin, he tried to change things, and that was short-lived, then he changed back to how you wanted it, and it's still been bad all season. And now you go to Dallas, and you go to Utah, And you go to Phoenix on this road trip, come back home. Here's Minnesota in your face. They're not going to have a chance to breathe in in the second half, uh, the rest of the way, the schedule is ridiculous. See, you guys genuinely don't like them. Like Paul can't stand doc rivers and that's fair. And Aaron uh, with the more so with the players. And I understand Um, I hate them because of their number. Because that's a team when you have a superstar like Giannis, I would bank on, okay, maybe they can figure things out over the last couple months of the regular season and then the playoffs they get the right matchup. Maybe, who knows, a little luck. Boston does Boston things in the playoffs and they don't even have to deal with that. And okay, maybe you'll get you'll find some value. I hate the Bucs because they're the third favorite. Like, there's there's nothing there for me. There's nothing. I would no. never take this Milwaukee team at five to one.
1: No. No, no terrible value there given the way they continue to play. And to your point, Joe, in the immediate future, this five, the rest of this five-game road trip that they're on, um, you got to win two of the final three or else I don't think you feel like anything has changed coming home. And again, to meet the T-Wolves, like you said, that doesn't help either. We'll get back into the NBA a little bit later. We've also got to get to our NFL year and review division for today, which is the NFC South don't get too excited. But, no, really, there are things to talk about in the NFC South. We'll do that in about an hour and 15 minutes from now.
0: Receiving props for Super let, Bowl let 58, me know what. Nu- let me know what nuggets you got there, Chris, because I can't wait.
1: <laughs> an, okay. what we call an empty tease in the business, Joe. Um, uh-huh. So, receiving props for Super Bowl 58. Um, I- I'll be honest. I- I've already got an eye on some unders in this thing. I know I've been banging the drum for this game. Oh. Not being big offensively, despite what uh, Brad Spielberger told us yesterday. There's a ton of offensive talent on the field, especially on San Francisco's side. Um, But like receptions in particular, like I look at Kettle, uh, Kettle, George Kittle, (laughs) under three and a half at plus money. Plus 120 on the under. He's only gone over that number seven times this year. And it was against teams like the Eagles and the Bucks and... The Vikings, the Bengals, teams that Mm -hmm. either don't have great secondaries or give up a lot of receptions to tight ends. Uh, You're telling me I could get plus money on that? I'm thinking about it, definitely. Debo under four and a half receptions is plus 110. He hit that in each of the first three weeks of the regular season, but just four of 14 since then. Even Rasheed Rice, under 67 and a half yards. Um is, is Trevarius Ward going to follow him around a little bit? Will he follow him into the slot when Rice moves into the slot? Probably not. But if that's the only opportunity for him to get open is going into the slot, is he really hitting a lot of big plays or is he just working the middle of the field? He's gone over that 67.5 yards just five times this year. I understand they've come more recently more often than not, but Joe... I. I do. I've got an eye on some unders there. I know when we talk props, we all want to look at the overs. But those ones in particular, yeah. uh, I looked at this morning and thought, mm, maybe that's the side.
0: Okay. Uh, let, let's let start with Kansas City. Uh, and on that side, okay, you just uh, ended with Rice there. Yeah, the number 67.5. It's hard to get there. Now, he gets the looks. That's, that's where I find it difficult to go under on Rice. In the last couple of games, he hasn't even hit 50 yards, and we're sitting at 67.5. So is there value there? Maybe. I hold back on going under on Rice because in the last nine games, he's had nine targets per game. Yeah. Like, and a bunch of times, Mahomes is going to him double-digit times. So I thought about the receptions, but w- the receptions number is the same as Kelsey's. Six and a half, so I can't get there with Rice. Now, if we bring him up for, for some other props, it's a possibility, but as far as receptions, receiving yards, can't get there. Kelsey is on a tear, and I can guarantee you that this number is going to be higher in eight, nine, ten days from now than where it sits right now. Um, I mentioned that his reception prop is at six and a half. It's juice, so I didn't find that all all, all that appealing, but against Baltimore. 116 yards on 11 grabs against Buffalo, five catches, 75 yards, two touchdowns against Miami, seven for 71. He key has been the focus of the offense. So Kelsey, 69 and a half yards. I think that's a, that's a pretty good bet, Aaron, and I ex- expect it to be mid-70s next week.
4: Yep, I love it. That's why I put it in my power rankings when I missed the assignment yesterday and got a little too serious. I had it in at number five. I love that bet. He does seem to be the focal point in this offense right now, and you look at the numbers, what he's been doing in the playoffs, what he's done in years past in the playoffs, and I don't expect the script to be much different. I do like the overall idea at looking at some unders. Some of these guys are just hard to figure out. Like I felt like maybe I was just forcing it trying to find like Pacheco you look at his game log in the receiving stats like it's just receptions yards how is he going to be used ultimately I decided uh to stay away there but anything Kelsey I think is a good look
1: yeah Yeah. as, as friend of the show Joe Osborne tweeted 12 straight playoff games Kelsey has gone over what his listed prop for Sunday's game is 69 and a half receiving yards. And let's see for five of those 12 times, he's gone over a hundred yards, another three games in the nineties. So it's not like he's just scraping by there's a 71 in there, a 75, but for the most part in the postseason, the chiefs to your point, Joe, they pump the ball to Travis Kelsey. So it makes sense to go over on Kelsey totally does. Whether it's, now receptions at six and a half. I know I mentioned that the other day. I that is another tough number for me because yeah. it's kind of a break point when you look at his production this year, week after week. Um, but the over is juice now, like minus one fifty over six
0: and a half, which makes even that no, makes it even tougher to get to. I can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah that that's why I, I ended up going with yardage, and it's been so high lately. Um, One other KC one before we jump to San Francisco side that, that I'm considering. And he's been involved a little bit more. But it is dicey with this guy. But it only takes one. MVS. Over the last couple games, you know, he's been involved more. 38 yards, 62 yards. In the Buffalo game, he ended up getting four targets. But I was looking at longest reception. I thought it would be a lot higher. Each of the last two playoff games, he has a catch of 32 yards the longest reception for MVS is 12 and a half. So everything that San Francisco's been giving up uh, lately in the passing game made me think that MVS over 12 and a half longest reception, pretty good look.
2: I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
4: Did you mention your guy, Hardman? Maybe I missed Nicole? him. Should I go under on him again? Yeah.
0: Should I go under on him again?
4: I, I think you should.
0: It's probably not bad. Nobody talks it, about him. Is he going to be it active? Like... So was that – do we think that was a one-game punishment where – he got zero looks for Mahomes, or is that the rest of the playoff thing? After, I just don't think he's much of a part NBA. of the offense anymore. Yeah. Like, exactly. Just I don't see yards up. I only see touchdowns so far. So I don't see okay. how receptions
2: yards see is yeah.
0: Yards is seven and a half. Oh, you see it?
2: <gasps> oh. Yeah.
4: oh, that's so low. One catch. Seven and a half. Yeah, but basically. the thing is, he might not get there.
0: Some stupid oh, trick play will get me on that one, you know? Yeah. Near the goal. But
4: that is I,
1: I I do like to to go back to M V S for a second and to pivot to the Niners though, Joe. Like mm-hmm. I I much prefer longest reception props in this game. Again, going back to my whole game script theory about how I think there will be long drives more often than not. I don't I think they're each team I think will have one big play. One big play where you go, okay, that's the big play. And so MVS could make sense for Casey MVS or Rasheed Rice. Um, for San Francisco, I mentioned it the other day uh, when we power ranked our props, Brandon Ayuk for longest reception. I think, is it like 23 and a half, 24 and a half? He's hit that, I think, at least half a dozen times this year. So, and recently, especially. Um, 24 and a half, it's listed at right now. So I like that. I like this to be a game of, little plays here and there we're kind of slowly trying like i said yesterday matriculate the ball down the field and then each team pops for one at some point whether it ends up in the end zone or
0: not <laughs> i just realized that hardman played one snap last week <laughs> that was so a punishment a part of the offense that was a straight up punishment man one Don't snap near the end zone kids yeah Maybe don't a, I don't fumble near the end zone. I'd only consider under seven and a half as far as that goes. Yeah, yeah. Paul.
4: Yeah.
0: All right. So I'm in like a playoff fantasy league.
1: It's a one and done. So my options are somewhat limited. I've got some bullets, but I got I got my I got CMC. Uh, second running back's gonna be tough, like Yushchuk or Mitchell. But for the purposes of this conversation, I got Debo, and then I got a flex spot. And another wide receiver spot. So do I go MVS, Justin Watson, CH is kind of an option too, but like I, you give, I've used, Rice I've used. Like you mentioned MVS. That's what made me think of it. Yeah. Um, so who would you use as your wide receiver to in this scenario? And it could be a props thing. You mentioned the MVS longest reception, but anyone that yeah. could be a multiple look there. I'd, I'd take, take a so flyer Mid- on MVS. Oh, good call. Could
0: you use Mitchell? Touchdown yeah. Vulture. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's pretty close thought.
0: red zone rushing attempts between CEH and Mitchell. Uh, you're, It feels like a dart throw if you're trying to pick which which receiver is going to. Man, Watson played 44% of the snaps each of the last two, two playoff games. That's who I've penciled in right now. And MVS is mm. out there a ton. Okay. Hmm.
1: Feels I, like I'm gonna have to look up the number, but it feels like Watson's target share has increased week after week, too. Um, like, yeah, only two. No, nah, I take <clears> that <throat> back. That's not backed up by the numbers at all. It's actually decreased, so never mind. Um, does MVS MBS- have a
0: better shot at like a 60 yard touchdown, one yes. catch, 60 yards touchdown? I, like, going for a win, I would go MVS, yeah, yeah. Plus, that you want to check if Francisco's goes past defense, not so much. The KC side's tough. Yeah.
4: Yeah, exactly. I found this to be tough overall with finding besides Kelsey. Like, uh, it's just can vary but, week to week, you know, for the Chiefs. Let me throw Kittle out there.
0: So, mm-hmm. at first, I was like, do I want to go against the Chiefs passing defense? Probably not. But the number's only 46 and a half. That's a low number. He's had a strong playoffs against Green Bay, 4-for-81, right? Um, and then I was looking at the Baltimore game because I'd imagine that uh, KC is yeah. studying that game. Kittle was big in the Baltimore game, seven catches, 126. If there's blowout potential, where does Purdy go? He goes to Kittle. Um, there's a blowout game against Cincinnati earlier in the year. He had nine for 149. The yeah, and hmm. debo debate is interesting, but for receiving props, I'd, I'd look at Kittle in this one. That number seems short.
1: Yeah, I'm curious to see where he lands on the list of priorities. You know, how do they prioritize the weapons at their disposal in this game, which actually leads us into something Cam Newton had to say that was kind of interesting. Not kind of interesting. It was really interesting. That and a couple other things. in a- Just a minute with Off the Board, which is where we go next, right here on BetQL Daily.
2: Time for Aaron Hawksworth to take us Off the Board.
4: Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Chris Mack, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth with you. Cam Newton, well, he's getting some heat for some previous comments that he made on brock purdy on his podcast and it seems that people don't really appreciate what he had to say about mr irrelevant take a listen
3: i've never said that brock purdy was trash what i did say is brock purdy is a game manager that's not hate that's just what i feel to be facts but i still reserve the right to say this to be labeled a game changer brock purdy has to be the best player on the offensive side of the ball, mm. and that's not the case. And who's the best player? T- Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> Man, look, I ain't recanting. Shit. No. And if you really want to just be honest, if you add in the defensive talent and you add in the offensive talent, Brock Parody is the tenth best player on this team. Okay, cool. Did he have a great game? <laughs> yes. yes. Is he been playing out of his mind? Yes. Is he a quarterback that's hot? Yes. yes but he's still the 10th best player on his team.
4: Did he name the the 10? Uh, I'd like to see that order. That's a bit harsh, that part, but I do see his point. I, and I know, Joe, I, you're going to get to it uh, in truth or trend, maybe, that uh, one better put a pretty crazy bet on Brock Bird yeah. that we'll touch on.
0: Chris, what do you think? I... I
4: well, like,
1: disagree with anything name... he had to say. So when when he said that at first, I went, "Oh, come on, Cam, ten no.
0: best
2: player no. on the team."
1: But much. then you start. Let's D- yeah. Debo, Ayuk, Trent. Kittle, McCaffrey, Trent. Both That's both. five on offense alone, right? So okay. Bosa, Greenlaw, Warner, Ward. I mean, there's nine right there. Okay. So Ooh.
4: I don't think let's he's really wrong.
1: Y- y- that's borderline, but Arms I think it's, it's, it's a discussion. Like that, yeah.
0: that combo in the interior is lethal. I, I, they're better yeah. at their position than Purdy is among quarterbacks, don't you think?
4: Yes, and I also agree that he's not a game changer. He's not the best player on the field for that team. So I, I agree with him. I, I You're I, right. It yeah. sounded a bit harsh, but...
0: <laughs> it's not
1: wrong. Yes,
4: yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. You know what's more controversial? When he made that game manager comment, yes, he included Purdy, and this became about Purdy um, yesterday, but he included Tua as a game manager, Goff, game manager, and Dak. Like, if he's putting Purdy with those guys, is that not being fair, though? Like, he's saying, yeah. none of you guys are game changers. You're game managers. System coaching staff, play callers, obviously the talent around you. Like, this is this is really what makes a lot of your success. That's what he's changing. He's saying, like, if you were to switch teams, a team that didn't have as much talent, didn't have a strong coaching staff, that you would not have the success. And I think that is 100% fair.
1: Yeah, I, I think we have to get over the idea of the use of the term game manager as some sort of insult. Dilfer. It's not You're necessary.
0: Dilfer. That's right. how
1: people yeah, take like, it. Exactly. And, and this is different. Like this is, I kind of, when when you call Brock Purdy a game manager, again, it's not an insult. It's about working within, coloring within the numbers, right? Like paint by numbers, Brock, that's all we're asking you to do. We don't, you don't need because, and part of it too is managing the weapons, right? Because we just outlined four skill position guys that are Better at what they do, maybe what Brock Purdy does at his position. Ayuk, Samuel, Kittle, McCaffrey, I would take it, and I'm I'm not making this up. If I were Brock Purdy, I'd look at it and say, "Oh, I'm 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 a game manager. I I manage four of the best skill position talents in the league. I'll take that as a compliment. I manage Kittle and McCaffrey and Ayuk and Debo. You know what? I'll take that. I, I'm not." I'm not turned off by that at all. Fine, call me a game manager then. Um and, and pick and choose your spots Aaron where he's started to become a guy who can come up with a big play here and there in the fourth quarter. We've seen that in the playoffs anyway.
4: Yeah, in leading a comeback. I just mm-hmm. he's not Mahomes, he's not Lamar. It's going to be a Allen. forever debate probably. Even if he wins a Super Bowl, I think we'll still have this debate.
0: And if you're Goff, that's okay. By the way, his numbers, very comparable to Goff. That's really good. So you're, you can lead a terrific offense. But, like his point, if you go somewhere else, I don't know that you're going to have that. Um, but, yeah, there there are only so many Mahomes, Lamar, Josh Allen, you know, I, Rogers probably isn't there anymore. If you want to put Herbert up there, okay, fine. Maybe we'll see more of that with Harbaugh there and and some of the weapons that he has. If they take another one at number five overall, like that's a short list. It's okay to be in the Super Bowl and not be a tier one quarterback. You can win that way.
4: If they do win, it'll be interesting who gets the MVP. I mean, if he's got a couple How's of touchdown passes and he
1: doesn't turn it over and, you know, he doesn't even have to hit 250, I don't think. Like, you know, two, 230. You give me 228 passing yards, a couple of touchdowns, and maybe CMC only goes for like 80 on the ground and only gets a single score. Who else are you going to give it to? I mean, unless unless Debo or Ayuk or Kittle has like a, an eight or nine catch day, and they've got both touchdown catches. I don't know how you don't give it to Purdy in that
0: case. Would Bosa dominates Mahomes all day?
1: That's, that's you know Something like that.
0: Let's go. Yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> Joe depends. is trying it,
1: to manifest that defensive MVP this year, and I love but,
0: it. But but that box score you just gave out, as an example, 230, two touchdowns, I don't think that's getting Purdy the MVP. I think he's got to be mm-hmm. much. – he's got to have more passing yards. For, for that to happen because people don't but, want to give it to him as it is.
1: Right, but that would be like a by default MVP almost, right? Like yeah. in a situation where we don't get the singular defensive performance that you're talking about where, again, McCaffrey only gets one touchdown and only has like 80 yards on the ground and, you know, maybe only a couple of catches, doesn't even break 100 total yards. And it it, it not, and balls spread out to all the receiving targets. Nobody gets more than, say, five or six catches, Kittle, Debo, or Ayuk. You end up coming back to, well, somebody from the winning team has to get the MVP. I guess it's the quarterback. You know, that tried and true (laughs) old trope of, well, the quarterback on the winning team, he's the MVP.
4: Yeah, it'll be interesting uh, to see how both the fans and voters in the media play this out if they do win. Meanwhile, on another podcast, New Heights with Jason and Travis Kelsey, Travis said Justin Tucker violated a quote-unquote unwritten rule by stretching and placing his equipment where pat mahomes was warming up and he didn't have the nicest things to say about justin tucker take a listen
3: if you're if you're trying to go onto the other team's designated area you kind of stay out of their way you know you, you don't you don't interfere with what they have going on that's the unwritten rule if you want to be a- About it, you keep your helmet and your football and your (laughs) kicking tee right where the quarterbacks are warming up, and they're dropping. Eyes are looking left, and they got a a helmet down by their feet. Like if you're not going to pick that up, I'll happily move that for you. Justin came out and he said it was more of a joking gesture and kind of a fun, competitive. And I get it. I mean, he was kind of winking at me, like being a about it, like trying to get under the skin. (laughs) Yeah, he knew what he was doing. I get it, but me and, me and Pat. We were we've been having the same mentality for this game all week long, man. Yeah, and it was uh, you got to go in there and 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 have the right mind frame, have yeah. the right mindset, and we just weren't in a joking mood. Um, yep. we were ready to get after it, and uh, so Justin, <laughs> sorry if we took it to a level that you didn't think it'd get to that play, but if you're gonna be a, d- I promise you, I can <laughs> I can one up you every time.
4: I love that. I mean. I agree. And they, Justin Tucker, hmm, who got the last laugh in that situation. Yeah,
0: dude, if that's... you're going to be
4: pulling that kind of move, you better win that game as well. They went Bro. into your house and beat you. So, that so that's start? the thing here.
1: Yeah. Wow. It is those two teams go back and watch it again. Like you said, from the very beginning and watch the intensity level on both sides. Like, Mm -hmm. the Chiefs knew they were on the road in an AFC championship game. And to Travis Kelsey's point there, they went in with that mindset of, no, we're here to you up, and we don't care. We're not kidding around. We don't have friends. Friends, I'll be your friend after the game, maybe. And Justin Tucker was like, hey, guys, excuse me. I'm going to kick some balls down here in your end. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. And they're like, no, I ain't laughing. I'm not messing around with you right now. And that level of intensity was not matched. It's why the Ravens look flat all day.
0: The video was funny. Like, he just walked. And was like, nope, out of here. Get this out of here. Get that out of here. You're trying to mess with my quarterback? And that is dangerous. Like, to have the tees by the, by the, by Mahomes' feet where he's, you know, yeah. practicing some routes. Like, get, get out of here. It is. Of- yeah.
4: Also, like Mahomes is like looking up, and if he like takes a couple steps forward, he's tripping over that helmet. Not that he would, but like it, 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 I thought it was rude. I would have been annoyed as well.
0: And Kelsey's like, You ain't messing with my team. You ain't messing with my quarterback. And yeah, out of the gates, they came and whooped them, even though they didn't do anything in the second half, but uh, the first half was the difference. It's amazing. I know a lot of people reference it. We reference it. How everybody's sick of the Chiefs, like it, and the turn happened quickly. But all podcasts, not sports. All podcasts. Apple, New Heights is number one in the world, number one podcast. Spotify, they're number two, only behind Rogan. Like the level for people that complain about uh, too much NFL. There's no such thing as too much NFL. These two brothers on different teams doing a podcast are number one of as watered-down as podcasting is right now. And in fact, I busted my wife yesterday. She barely watches sports. She barely pays attention, like a little, st- some of the stories if entertainment's tied to it, she will. She's downloading the New Heights podcast. I'm like, where's BetQL Daily? Like, yeah. She's telling me about what happened on the show because uh, there's a player on the Chiefs who's who's from right by us. He went to the high school down the road um and they gave him a big shout out to the high school and all that and she's playing it for me I'm like yeah I'm like you know what happened on our show today you got anything from the last month like don't write us a review I get in trouble I don't want you listening (laughs) anyway yeah
1: no that's that's probably I'm just gonna say cut it right there Joe you probably don't need that you don't need we were telling Jake to wait
0: for marriage as long as possible that would have got me in
1: trouble (laughs) The fantasy exec, Corey Parson, going to share his favorite bets for Super Bowl 58. Some hoops action as well on the way next right here on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM.